nerds, you're listening to an episode on the Nerdcore podcast feed. If you're feeling generous, please consider pledging to a tier on our Patreon at patreon.com slash the Nerdcore. We have tiers as low as $1 per month. Thanks so much, and enjoy the episode! Welcome back, everybody, to the Nerdcore Podcast, the podcast where music, movies, and talks that nerd shit. This is episode. Wow, I am talking with a bunch of crackers in my mouth. <laughs> Six twenty nine, and here's your review. A path of glory. My voice cracked right there too. <laughs> this is starting off well. As always, this is the nerd you're going to hear the host of the show, along with my wonderful co-host Brad. Young Yoda. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a wonderful, wonderful Monday afternoon. Live and early for our patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcore. Brad, turn on that nice little scroller for me, please. I got you. I got you. Oh, my God. Yeah. Live and early for them only at patreon.com slash nerdcore at the $1 tier. You get this episode live, and you can go ahead and interact with us. Usually this is done at night, but this week is going to look fucking weird as shit because HCAF is still going on, and I'm still doing all these movies, and I have a screening tonight at 7.30, which means I would not be home by the time that I would like to do this episode with Brad. So we are to do it early. And Brad is on vacation for three weeks, so honestly, it lined up perfectly. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, you're welcome. Thanks, Brad. I'm <laughs> sorry. It's no more fun. To, it's no more fun for me to have to do these things like this, Red. It causes nah, frustration to nah. me too. You know you're having fun at the festival. No, I love the festival, but having to yeah. what's it called plan around the the plan my 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 recordings around is not the fun part. It causes I'm, me a lot of. I'm glad my schedule is so open now, at least for the time being, because usually it's my schedule that fucks everything up. <laughs> yeah, for the most part. I just also, watch movies on Thursdays, man. <laughs> Also, I want to put it out there: we are not the same company who um, animated the hit show Slug Terra. Slug Terra. I just want yeah. to throw that out there. In case you're only a, wa- a listener or watcher of the Nerdcore podcast and not the Nerdcore live show, uh, we are not the company that animated Slug Terra. Please do not come in here and get mad at us because we canceled Slug Terra because it was canceled. We did not do any of that. We are not part of that company. We are merely a podcast company. Yeah, I I, uh, I cannot read what was written, but Raul could. And I <laughs> and I explained it to Brad, and I translated it as much as I could. And Brad was like, "Wait, wait, I know it. I know what he's talking about." <laughs> oh my god, Brad! Well, um, Brad, how has your Monday been so far? Uneventful. Uh, uh, I saw my friend off, so I made breakfast today: chorizo, egg, and cheese burritos. So. One one of the three things I can actually cook. Um, <laughs> um, Who said that? Then uh, I, 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 uh, I actually was on Hulu just before we got on. And I just this show on Hulu called Champagne, Illinois. It, it was it caught my interest. Um, so I, I've been watching a few episodes of that. I don't know if I'll finish just the one season it had. 
Apparently it came out in 2018 as a YouTube show back when YouTube had a studio that made shows and yeah. I guess Hulu picked up the rights, but it's, uh, it's basically about these, um, two, uh, two friends to a rapper and then the rapper gets really famous and then he dies. And it's what these two friends have to do to survive basically. So it's just uh it just follows them? Yeah. So it, it basically follows them cuz they go back to their hometown and they don't have any money or anything. So it, and I mean and the premise is this rapper, you know, he he blew up back when they graduated high school and it's 15 years later. And they basically dropped anything they were going to do cuz they thought it was only going to be a year and then he just kept becoming like one of the biggest rappers and it was 15 years later he dies and then they're left there uh because he didn't have a will or anything so it all went to his mother and so they're just kind of stuck with uh you know no resources anymore yeah sounds like an interesting show brad um it's it's a comedy so it's uh it's had some funny moments yeah uh i just went to work today and uh yeah uh that's all i did yesterday i, I, well, I did my movie movies i had to watch and then i Watched Invincible before I went to bed. I did watch Paths of Glory also today. Nice, nice, yeah. Uh, yeah, Paths of Glory. Uh, we're going to be continuing on with our Stanley Kubrick month today, and today's my first pick, and I wanted to look at this movie because I had never seen it before. I I only know the tracking shot um, from the um, from when the shells are, are dropping, that tracking shot just showing everybody all the, in the trenches. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I knew about this movie because it's like a really famous shot and people always bring it up, and uh, that's about as much as I knew about this movie. So, um, yeah. Also, it's one of the shorter Kubrick movies. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff before this is a lot shorter. Once once he makes Spartacus is when everything starts to get really long. I am Spartacus. Yep. I am Spartacus. You're Douglas too, Brad. Oh yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I just figured out Kirk Douglas died in 2020. So. Yeah. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and get this going. Pats of Glory is a 1957 American anti-war film co-written and directed by Stanley Kubrick based on the novel of the same name uh, by Humphrey Cobb. Said during World War I, the film stars Kirk Douglas as Colonel, Colonel uh, Dax, the commanding officer of French soldiers who refused to continue a suicidal attack, after which Dax attempts to defend them against charges of cowardice in a court-martial. And uh, the film was co-produced through Douglas's film production company, Bryna Productions, and a joint venture between Stanley Kubrick and James B. Harris, Harris Kubrick Pictures. In, a, in 1992, the film was deemed culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant by the Library of Congress and selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry. Uh, and of course, uh, written by Stanley Kubrick, uh, Calder Willingham, and Jim Thompson. And it is um, it stars uh, Ralph Meeker, Adolf Menjou, George McReady, uh, Wayne Morris, and Richard Anderson. Cinematography is done by George Krauss, who did he ever work with Kubrick after that? Oh, I don't think so. 
Nope. Nope, you didn't. Uh, edited by Eva Crow. Music is done by Gerald Fried. And it sits at an hour and 28 minutes and on a budget of $900,000, it made $1.2 million at the box office. Which yeah, would really mean really. times like, three, 900000 times three would be, it would need to make 2.7. In what 2. terms, though? Like, what was advertising budget back in the day? Like, we're going to put this on radio. <laughs> yep. So who knows, right? Who knows? So yeah. they probably broke closer to even. Yeah. Probably a little under the hole. Well, after this, thing. I think he works on uh, Spartacus. So, I mean, I... Spartacus sure. was a huge fucking hit. Yeah. I mean, but also that's a movie that taught him that he was not going to make movies without a good amount of control over it. So... Yeah. 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 But, um, Brad, what is your initial thoughts on Pats of Glory? Um... I gotta say, like Kirk Douglas, fucking fantastic in this. I got, I got to throw that out there. But um, so I watched this on Tubi because it's free on Tubi. Um, and it's a bit, uh, it's a bit, uh, what's the word for it? Uh, not pixelated, but like there's, a, there's a lot of, a lot of static kind of going on in the picture. I want to see what this looks like. Yeah. So it, it's, it's not the best thing ever to watch. It's not horrible. Um, but you can definitely tell it's a. It hasn't been cleaned up in the Tubi version by much. Um, but I got that VHS rip. <laughs> but I love Kubrick's um, framing throughout this film. I love the shots, his following shots. I think he does a masterful job in really getting that tension in there, being in the trenches. And then he he takes that and sends us over to the courtroom where you're just seeing the biggest po- uh, you know, horse and pony show going on by the the french court or the french military and you're just like well this is a bunch of bullshit <laughs> yeah and um but I, I find it hilarious that this is about uh the french military and all the actors are american that's from what i can tell so that's all it's always good back in the 50s and 60s and 70s because they're like we're just gonna throw white people in there you know <laughs> it's like oh you're supposed to be french ah, ah, american pretty close <laughs> Nobody, nobody, we, we don't want him to speak French anyway, so uh, be as it may. But I really thought this was well done. I, I mean, this is one of Kubrick's first, right? Um, let me see this. This is actually uh, his fourth film. Fourth film? Yeah, even that fourth film, I, I swear this man, it's another one of those, it, it's, uh, this director can't really do anything any wrong. From what I can see, so I really, really enjoyed this movie and thought it was a well-done anti-war film, as they all say. Oh my I, god! You I do have. This? <laughs> yeah, I'm so looking at the Tubi version. Yeah, yeah, it ain't it ain't great. Um, so it ain't great, but uh, you know, if they cleaned it up, it'd be fine. I do have a Roger Ebert review pulled up because I was oh. like, I wonder what Ebert fucking you know. I liked it. I wonder if Ebert just absolutely just trashed this movie and actually actually liked it. You get four stars. Nice. Four stars. Yeah. And then there was a paragraph in here I wanted to read if I can find it. Well, while you do that, um, I really like this movie. Like I said, I never watched it. I wanted to watch this for a really long time now, but um, I just never got around to it. 
and I thought, oh, it's a Kubrick war film. It's something that I would think I'd be interested in because I've seen his other films, and I think that he does war really interestingly, like in Full Metal Jacket. But this is early Kubrick. Early Kubrick is really different from late Kubrick. So I watched this, and I agree with Brad. I think it's a really good movie. I think it has a really interesting message about what, you know, war, but also this idea of, like, duty to your country. And what it means to like to to what's it called be a traitor and what it means to like uphold like the the thing is like it's it's so crazy because like they can be okay with the guy who is sending them to their death but they have a problem with the people who just they can't go to their death because they're unable to and they see that as cowardice instead of like just not being able to cross into no man's land so I think that Kubrick crafts a really interesting film that like brings those things to the table. And it's just, it's so, it's, it's really good. It's, I think it's a really good movie. Brad, do you have the, the quote? I'm kind of looking for which one I wanted to read. It's, it's a pretty good write up if people want to go look at Roger Ebert's uh, critique of it. Yeah. Well, uh, I thought that the framing was incredible. Uh, the camera movements. I mean, the tracking shot is so famous. He does two of them in here, when when they first get to the trenches, and then second when they're trying when they're what's it called uh, when the shells are dropping, the bombs are dropping, and they have to go into no man's land. They all just get what's it called. You have this incredible tracking shot, and you see how different everything has changed, and how it's really sunk in that this is actual warfare now, and they're not really prepared for this, but they're still trying to you know be involved but um they just you know they're kind of their their backs are kind of against the wall okay so uh i guess so i have two paragraphs here if it's okay to read those all right um so this is this is focused (laughs) in on when the uh condemned are sharing a cell so that's where ebert's starting it in this part of his post uh, that night, the condemned men share the same cell. Do you see that cockroach one says, tomorrow morning I'll be dead and we'll be alive. The film until this point has been bitter and unromantic, but we think we glimpse a turn in the plot. Dax learns of Moreau's orders to fire French artillery at French troops. He finds General Brulard at a fancy ball and informs him of Moreau's artillery order. In any conventional war movie and a film made by 99 directors out of 100, there would be an 11th hour reprieve. The condemned men would be spared and the stupid and treacherous Moreau would be publicly humili- humiliated. humiliated. Better. Yeah, uh, so just to go off, go off that one before I read the second one, um, he's right. Ebert is absolutely right in this, and I was expecting for a reprieve from these guys. I was not expecting these three men to be sent to their death um, by firing squad because I thought, you know, they had been saved at the last minute. And Kubrick in... Uh, very Kubrick standard is like no, because that's not how life works. <laughs> you don't get saved at the last minute usually. No, you 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 fall to your death. Yeah, and I, I thought that I thought that was actually a very clear kind of study to it. Um, and then in the second one, uh, Paths of Glory was the film by which Stanley Kubrick entered the ranks of great directors, never to leave them. When I interviewed Kirk Douglas, Kirk Douglas in 1969, he recalled it as the summit of his acting career. There's a picture that will always be good years from now. I don't have to wait 50 years to know that. I know it now. 
It has an economy of expression that is almost brutal. It is one of the few narrative films in which you sense the anger and the telling. Samuel Fuller, who fought all the way through World War II, remembered it in the big red one, with nostalgia for the camaraderie of his outfit. There is no nostalgia in Pass of Glory, only Nightmare. And I think you get I think you get that all the way to the end where yeah. Kubrick goes away from the this basically we've seen war torn and you know to the courtroom basically condemning these men to death at that point um in a in a you know fraud of a trial and you get to that singing part and uh what will be very soon after that Mrs. Kubrick um people don't know that uh which I found kind of hilarious um and just it becomes kind of almost numbing her song and you it starts off with her being paraded in front of these french soldiers and she's you know a german singer and you think oh they're just going to boo the hell out of her and then at the end of the day you're just kind of figuring out that they all have suffered throughout this war yep yep and um i i think kirk douglas is really good in this movie um, you can tell just how much he's like trying to defend his his uh, his crew, but like it, his back is up against the wall as well. It just seems that everybody's trying to work against them, and they want they want they want to just put them put them uh put them through this fraudulent trial. Well, and, and I, I, I so it, it just shows you how you know when you have bad management or bad leadership in, in this respect, mm -hmm. the ship flows downhill and the people mm -hmm. who gets hurt in it isn't the ones at the top having parties no. and balls and all that. It's, it's the, it's the, the brave and, you know, battered soldiers who had con, you know, who, who received medals in previous battles, who you know, aren't cowards and they're getting called cowards to their face by these men who stay in their sheltered areas who may walk through the battlefield once, you know, once every year, if that, and it's just a shame. And that's what I think um, Kubrick's bringing is it's, this is shameful. Um, and also another reason, also, if you didn't know, France didn't allow this movie to uh, screen or to be shown in France until 1975. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they don't want him to know how, what's it called? Uh, how, who the, who the real cowards are, Brad. Mm -hmm. The real cowards are the ones who are in those rooms with those balls and aren't willing to go into the battlefield. And I mean to to uh and it's really funny because you have the ma the main French general and yes, he he brings forth uh the uh the other general he brings forth like, "Oh, you fired upon your crew. We'll need to have a hearing on that." And but he's already killed off, you know, three soldiers who didn't deserve to be killed off. And then he just thinks the Colonel brought this general in for, you know, for this really major, you know, killing or threatening to kill his own people, I guess, with uh, artillery fire. And the dude's just like, Oh, Colonel, do you want his job? Is that why you did this? And the Colonel's like, are you sadistic? Are you out of your mind? No, he literally is someone in charge who said to fire on his own people. Yep. Yep. I and it's so good, man. Like you really like you see how how Kubrick comes to form here. Everything from camera movements to his framing and everything to the like the stories he selects, it's starting to really show the Kubrick that that, that we know later I, on I, in his career. 
and I feel like this is a blueprint to a lot of future war movies, the way you oh, yeah. see them shot, like moving through trenches, the explosives going off, you know, just the overall feel of a war movie really does yep. feel like it kind of started with this. And I think there's a previous, there's one from the 1930s, kind of similar. Yeah, but I, I feel like I feel like with war movies, I feel like Kubrick really had it down with war movies. He had it. Oh yeah, pretty now, spot you could on. tell that he had a different look at it, and it was very. And I hate to say it, but he had a very like European look to the ex- execution of war films. That you know you didn't get out of you know a lot of American directors at the time. No, and um, I think. Uh, the black and white of this movie does do it service. I, I think if you tried to do this in like color film, it probably wouldn't have come out in the same no. vision he wanted. No, no, it's it 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 works so well with black and white, and I think that it's such a great. I think it's such a great movie, man. I think it's great. I don't think it's as good as his other ones, and you know, it's a lot because a lot of his other movies just build upon this and do better with with its thematic subject. But I think it's such a great movie, man. I, I, I really, uh, I really can't say that it's something that you know lost my interest. I think it had it the whole time, and you know, I just, I, I love when Kubrick does these anti-war messages. I think they work so well with his, uh, with his films, and he does it again in Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, and I, I think he really, you know, hits it spot on, and a lot. You know, there's probably a lot of people miss that complete message when they go like, "Oh yeah, I love Full Metal Jacket." It's like, it's like you know, he that was his anti-war kind of cry, and so was this. Yeah. But um, I just gotta say, Kirk Douglas, I don't know if he won an award for it, but he should have. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'll be real honest with you. Uh, I I believe that too. I believe that too. Um, but anything else that I'm remembering here? Uh, I like the music. The music is fine. I think that the restoration they did for this for Criterion is pretty good. Uh, but I do want to pick up the Kino Lorber 4K they have of it. There's a 4K of this one. So, oh, um, so here here's something funny in uh, Wikipedia. It has controversy in here for right. reception and influence. It has controversy thrown in there. And um, the film was banned in all United States military establishments, both at home and overseas, due to its content. So my guess is uh, this never got a fair shake on the award uh, category. <laughs> no, no, They're like no, you can't be showing us what 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 everything that we do wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, in Spain, the fascist government of Francisco Franco objected to the film. It was shown there until 1980. It was not shown there until 1986, eleven years after Franco's death. Uh, the Swiss government banned any presentations of the film until 1970 on the grounds that it was incontestably offensive to France, its judicial system, and its army. The film was withdrawn from the Berlin Film Festival to avoid straining relations with France. It was then not shown in Germany until two years later after its theatrical release in the United States. And then we know all about France, how it wasn't shown until 1975. So it just tells you Kubrick had a very, uh, very, uh, amazing way of pissing off everyone <laughs> yep yep well that i guess that's kubrick for you yeah yep. you know good movie though Give damn good movie brad damn good movie yeah brad what's your final verdict i will give this movie a nine and a half 
out of 10. Nine and a half out of 10. I'm going for an 8 out of 10, man. I really like this movie. I don't place it as high as the other ones that I've seen from Kubrick, but I think it's a great movie. I think it's such great uh, front groundwork, and it really shows where his career is going to really start to flourish. You don't miss. But, yep. But um, that said, that concludes our review of Pads of Glory, and we thank you so much for joining us. As always, keep up to date with us on nerdcore.com. Twitter is at the nerdcore underscore. Instagram slash threads is at the nerdcore. Patreon.com slash nerdcore at the $1 tier. You get this episode live and early before anybody else gets to watch or listen to it. Discord link is on our description so you can discuss this movie with us. Along in our comments, please comment and talk to us about this movie. Have you seen it? Do you like it? No, we're not the Nerdcore Animation Studio. No. Sorry, and we, we apologize about Slug Terra, even though that wasn't our fault. No, not our fault. Yep, yep. Uh, as always, we want to thank all of the all the wonderful, uh, well, all the wonderful Patreon supporters that make this possible. And of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, please make sure to leave a like on the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet, and click the notification bell so you don't miss a single piece of content that drops on the channel. And then if you're over on the audio side of things and you're listening to this on a podcast platform, follow us on that podcast platform and rate us five stars. Brad, can you tell them about our wonderful producer, Shane? You can follow our friend Shane at twitch.tv slash XSRK or on Twitter at thrifted.il or go buy something from the Suppy God at prisoncityvintage.com. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, with that said, uh, we will catch you all uh, later on in the week. We're going to be discussing Martin Scorsese's Kundun because ideally I would have liked last month to have been uh, – Martin Scorsese month number two, so that way we could have celebrated Killers of the Flower Moon. But what's it was it was October. It was um, you know, who horror month. So at least we'll celebrate him by watching this movie from uh Martin Scorsese and his I believe his only collaboration with Roger Deakins. So really interesting to see that. Really interested to see that. But without further ado, Brett, let's get him out of here. Send him out. All right, Roland. Thank you, being host as always. Thank you to all our listeners out there, all our Patreon supporters. We appreciate each and every one of you. Nobody joined us in chat today, but if you do in future shows, thank you. And to end this episode, I will say, I'll just quote Kirk Douglas in Passive Glory by saying, I can't believe that the noblest impulse of man, his compassion for another, can be completely dead here. Not here, but in the movie. Not here. Movie. Young Yoda out. Thank <laughs> you.